0: welcome into another edition of the hops and spirits podcast i'm your host jonathan green coming up here in just a little bit i'll talk to chris palmy the co-owner ceo and head brewer of fusion brewing in lexington but first remember you can catch past episodes you can also subscribe to our podcast by going on apple iheart google spotify tune in and pretty much where podcasts are available. You can also check us out on gspodcast.com, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at jmgreen, with an E, at jmgreengs. And remember, the Hops and Spirits podcast is presented by One Sip Beer Review. Find them on Instagram at Beer Review. And joining us now on the Hops and Spirits podcast is the co-owner, CEO, and head brewer of Fusion Brewing in Lexington, Chris Palmy. Chris, thanks for taking the time.
1: Oh, thank you for inviting me.
0: Now Chris you started um you guys opened just a, a little over a year ago about 16 17 months how's everything going
1: uh, everything was going quite well up until uh they first they closed the road and then covid happened but uh we're recovering nicely I'm happy to say
0: That's great uh great to hear and you know I I love the location um, one of the things I always have to ask though, is how did you come up or how did you decide on that location? Because when you think of where you guys are located, the distillery district, you know, the old pepper campus, uh, you're not the only brewery or, you know, uh, beverage place down there. What drew you to that area and how did you finally, uh, decide to, you know, build there?
1: Well, it's a great story. Uh, it's kind of serendipity. Uh, I live on the South side of town. Uh, near Nicholasville and the Walmart down there and I really thought god there's no brewery down here so when I first thought about placing fusion somewhere I actually had looked kind of near the mall and there was a uh, an area over there uh, that was uh, industrial zoned, and so I was like that would be great and I, I contacted there was one place I contacted the real estate agent and he said well Somebody's already put a bid on that. You can't have it. But I got another place for you. Why don't you come and look over by the distillery district? And he brought me here and uh, showed me the space. And although it was complete dirt on the bottom, there was no windows. There was nothing. Um, there was the spot next door where Weisberg Cidery is located that was partially finished. And I, could, I saw the garage doors. And that's really all it was. 16 feet tall ceilings and two walls of solid garage doors and glass. And I just thought, my God, that is what I've always wanted to have. And so uh, it's true serendipity that I even found the place.
0: I was going to say, you know, some people would say it's crazy to be next to, you know, so many other places, you know, Ethereals down Mm -hmm. there, you mentioned Wise Bird, you got uh, two distilleries now. Um, So even with all that, you were like, this is where I want to be, right?
1: Well, when I first moved down here, the only place that had been slotted for down here was um, Ethereal was here and, um, and uh, the Barrel House. And the Barrel House is a distillery. So I have gone over and I, I know uh, both the owners of it, all three owners of Ethereal, but I really knew Brandon Sloan, who you've interviewed before, uh, who's the head brewer. So I went over there and had talked to him about it. And we had been friends for a year or so. Uh, and he was like yeah he encouraged me um to go open a brewery and and when i first asked him about opening here he didn't think it would be a problem he thought the more the merrier you know in other cities you know the more breweries you have in a dense area the more population of people come because then they can kind of brewery hop and what we're finding now is that people are going from brewery to brewery to distillery to get some pizza you know and now we also have a, a burger sports floor joint and we also have a coffee place
0: going here so i was gonna say i mean that that's the other thing i love about the area you're, you're right there along you know town creek branch you know the, the town creek branch um you know it's it's a great area and you know you guys have seemed to come into your own there it's a great facility um what what can people you know enjoy when they come down there and see
1: oh well the first thing is uh, in the future you know in six 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 months maybe three months I want to finish it before winter but we'll see because uh, so we're actually going to have one of those trails go so from the park that's just up the street all the way down into the distillery district and then come out the other side um, so you'll be able to walk along the uh, waterways uh, and that's something that my kids love to do when they come over to fusion they love to look at the water and stuff and my kids are like high school kids um, But, you know, you have ice cream place, you know, Crank and Boom is here. You can always get something cold. The pizza place is just outstanding. It's one of our favorite places in town. Um, And you can go to different distilleries and breweries. And I just think that just kind of makes for a really fun, fun place to hang out, you know. And plus the borough is across the street and they have the big arcade.
0: I was going to say, you know, now especially that the uh, Manchester Street is open again, I'm sure you're very excited and and others will be able to get there a little easier.
1: Oh, yeah. In fact, when I drove down the street the other day, I actually stopped in the middle of the road, took a picture and sent it to my wife.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We're talking with Chris Palmy, the co-owner and head brewer of Fusion Brewing in Lexington. And Chris, um, do do you go by Dr. Chris or or do you have a, a certain nickname that everyone calls you?
1: Uh, Some people do, I mean, from when I used to teach at Eastern Kentucky University, because I have my doctorate in uh, molecular biology, and then I did my post postdoctoral fellowship at John Hopkins in yeast cell biology. And so a lot of people like to call me doc- Dr. Chris or Dr. Palmy, but I actually just like Chris, and it always makes students uncomfortable. You know, you tell them, just call me Chris, and they're like, but you're Dr. Chris. So I tell them, you, you can call me any of those.
0: Well, and I was going to say, I, I've seen a lot of times they dub they you the professor because you, you you taught at, at EKU, correct?
1: Yes, I did. I taught at EKU and uh, University of Kentucky.
0: And, and you know, you, you think of, you know, teaching, you, you were a professor of fermentation science at, at EKU,
1: correct? Yeah, I is did. That, That's what I did.
0: Is, is that kind of what drew you into the brewing industry? Because, you know, you don't, I mean, I would say you don't see a ton, but I know there are several, you know, people that are professors that end up owning other businesses but that just seems like a unique way to to go from being a professor to running a brewery
1: yeah i i had uh, been a home brewer for a long time and then when i worked at uh john hopkins when i was working in the yeast lab we had a whole bunch of strains that were beer yeast and brewer's yeast uh in the fridge and uh my mentor gave me a few of those and i got to play with them but really the opportunity came when i left uk And my wife said, well, you kind of got to find some other job, some other place to teach. You can go the whole summer, but you need to find something. And one of her friends or colleagues that she teaches with was like, I got a job that's meant for your husband. They need a biochemist, which is his degree, and they need a yeast cell biologist to teach fermentation science and teach fermentation microbiology. So she came home. She's like, this is a job for you you got to apply. And I was like, well, I don't know. She's like, oh, come on. you got to apply. I'll take the kids. We'll go get ice cream. You you do your application. So I did it. I did my application and submitted it. And uh, I really hit it off with, uh, with the one guy who was running the program. His name is uh, Darren Smith. And we quickly became friends and they hired me. And it was, uh, it was awesome. I mean, I just loved it. I, I was in charge of. Um, building a fermentation pilot facility and teaching the microbiology class, and then I also got to teach biochemistry.
0: I was going to say, I'm, I'm guessing a lot of what your background is has had a—you have probably brought that into your brewing, because uh, you know most people may not know this. Brewing is a lot of science.
1: Yeah, it's a ton of science. And then when I got a grant for it, and they said we're going to pay for you to do internships. Um. I immediately reached out to some people I knew from my homebrew club uh, and some people that run businesses in town that are associated with brewing. And they were like, oh, you got to go talk to this person. You got to go talk to that person. And I did two internships. Two. I did one my first year at UKU, and one my second year at EKU, my second one being at Rock House. Um, and I did like 100 hours with each one. And I learned a tremendous amount about actually opening a brewery and running a brewery. Um, not to mention that we actually had come up with a a plan to open a brewery as part of the fermentation program at EKU, but unfortunately, uh, we the state underwent budget cuts, and the governor, if you remember back about three or years ago, uh, he cut the school system, the university system. Each school, I took like I think I took like a twenty-five million dollar cut, which ultimately led to the reason why I left.
0: I was gonna say. I mean, in in hindsight, obviously, you, you never know what's gonna happen. But is that what started you when you know the the potential of a brewery there at, at Eastern kind of left to go out on your own and and try something there?
1: Yeah. So I had actually, my wife teaches at Center College, and uh, she goes to New Zealand every other year to teach volcanology. She's got her PhD in organic chemistry, but she teaches volcanoes. So I had been saving up to go to uh, to go to Auckland with her and I went to Auckland and I just happened to know through Facebook, two brewers over there and I spent time with them and they even offered me a job. And I think that really set me down the road of thinking about, wow, I should really open a brewery maybe. Um, And when I got home, uh, I was on another podcast, Girls Beers Force and um, they had talked to me about it. And sure enough, uh, I ended up with some people throwing some money at me and, and that got me kind of rolling
0: to start the process we're talking with chris palmy the co-owner and head brewer of fusion brewing here on the hops and spirits podcast and and chris the professor dr chris or, or as you say just chris you kind of mentioned the new zealand trip um obviously you know when you're looking at your beers and some of your descriptions i see a lot of where you've gone new zealand different parts of europe is that where you've drawn a lot of your inspiration is kind of where you've gone i mean even i think one was based on kind of your hometown in new england right
1: yeah, so so uh, is a great beer. You know, it's my hazy beer. People love it, um, and it and it's got a great story because when I was a kid, we used to go in and out of New Haven all the time. And that's and if, for people that don't know Connecticut at a, at all, um, New Haven's kind of like one of the biggest cities, but it's right on the water, and it means you have to go over these bridges to go in and out of it to go over the over the Bay Area, and it's a really small bay. But one of the, one of the bridges you go over, it had a big sign that said Fog Area. And back in the 80s, there was a personality on the radio called, his name was Chris, and he had a little counterpart that he he played as well. And the counterpart was Jose. And Jose was the governor of a small little town that really was just had a bridge, and it was called Fog Area. And he was a funny little character and he would make jokes all the time and say he's not responsible for all the traffic going in and out of the city through over there, over his bridge. And, uh, that's where I pulled it from. And I just, I had some investors from Connecticut and I thought they might enjoy that.
0: Oh, that, that's awesome. And I was gonna say, I know you, you, even the New Zealand trip or New Zealand trip, uh, you know, uh, comes up in your beers too. Cause you kind of, you know, whether it's the hops or the style or anything like that, it's tied to different life experiences.
1: Yeah, I mean, I got to go up to Transistor Tower, which is my IPA. We uh, went over and visited the Coromandel, which is a vacation area. Uh, and so every single one of the, those beers came from my experience. I have another one uh, that's, that's a Hefeweizen, and I called it Gasau. It was the first time I ever had a, had a Hefeweizen. I was in a really small mountain town in the Alps and, in uh, Austria, and the name of the town was Gasau.
0: And I, I will say this that Heffin is is very delicious. Um a lot of your beer beers are great. And I feel like you you kind of have some, some different styles. What what would you classify your brewing style as and what beers people can find when they visit Fusion?
1: Um I, I do like to brew Belgian beers. I usually always have a few on tap. Like I have the Witch Head and that's my number one selling beer. Um but I really like to dabble a little bit of everything um i like to try certain styles i really like well i i really like english styles um so I, I always have one or two on in fact up until recently i had a mild on and i had a uh and i have the bitter on which is cork uh and but at the same time i do like ipas but i really like the the, the more the food hop. And I like to play with new types of hops that are always out. So actually I have a beer that, uh, just, that, uh, is coming out and it utilizes a new hop out of New York state. It's called Mackinac and it's got a little bit of fruit. Um, and the beer, I'll give you a little hint on it. It's a, it's a fruited IPA. Um, and it will be coming out in the next, in the next week or two. And to me, that's a challenge. Always trying to do something different. I've got a lot of barrels um, I love sour beers. And so I'm always working on new sour beers and hoping to build that program to just a good size for Lexington. Um, and most of my beers haven't been released because they need to be in the barrel for a, a year or two.
0: I was gonna say how, how difficult is it to kinda, you know you know, you're you're obviously a new newer brewery, one of the newest ones in, in Lexington, you know, only opening Opening up in February of, of nineteen to kind of find you know your your stride, you know, kind of what people want, but also what you you're able to produce, you know, high quality of. Has that come you know, kind of that ebb and flow been there for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, I first it was a challenge. It, it was people are like, well, you don't have a style, and it's like, well, I kind of do. I started off with the New Zealand beers. Um, but, you know, Belgian, that was kind of like what Ethereal kind of does, or at least what they initially planned to do. You know, you have a lot of German beers with some stallions. Uh, and I didn't really want to compete with anybody, so I just tried to find my own little niche. But what I realized after about six months was that I kind of just had to let go of those reins and kind of let the population push me. You know, it's kind of like, well, this is what the people that come into Fusion like, these are the beers that I make that they like, so I'll make more, more beers of that style. Or I got a feel for their palate. Let me try something new. And you can and you can play with more experimentals. And, and that's something I've learned from, from Derek, especially at Mirror Twin. Um, he does a lot of experimental beers, and so does Blue Stallion on, on their Tuesday. And so during COVID, I was able to do a lot of little experimental batches to try new stuff. So, for example, I'm really into Kvike which is the Norwegian yeast. Um, you can brew those at like 100 degrees. And they just have a unique flavor. So, last year I did terroir, um, and I got 300 pounds of, of white grapes uh, that were picked fresh for me. And I, picked, I actually went out there and got to do that. And that beer was a huge hit. Then I did a similar beer with like cranberries, and that beer is still on. And people love that beer. Uh, and I'm set to do then the great beer again because terroir is kind of like the environmental factors and the yearly factors that affect wines and beers. You know, so it's like grain that's made in in Kentucky is different than grain that's made in Nebraska; it just tastes different.
0: We're talking with Chris Palmy, co-owner, CEO, head brewer of Fusion Brewing in Lexington. Chris, I, I got to say, for for me and and kind of what you've done. I feel like you keep going back to your roots of, of being, a, you know, science, you know, kind of being your life. Cause you just are always, it seems like, I don't want to say dabbling, but you know, finding new and creative ways to bring, you know, different yeast and different brews to life.
1: Yeah, I, still, I, I still do that. So <laughs> actually uh, during COVID, I had taken some grape juice, my wife bought and I had opened it and I had left it on the counter and uh, because my teeth hurt and I needed some dental work. And so I thought I'm going to leave it on the counter. It'll get warm. I won't have to worry about it being cold. And I drank it and I drank it. And then about three days later, I went back to it and, and it was fermenting. In fact, the bottle had expanded and it was almost kind of popped. So I actually threw that bottle out. And then I was like, crap, I could have harvested yeast from there. So I actually went to the store and bought another bottle. Opened it up, drank out of it, and put it back on the counter on purpose, and it too started fermenting. And I actually took that out and went back to my yeast, and I actually bought some plates and streaked out the plates, isolated some yeast, and I'm in the middle of doing an experimental batch um, because I think I actually isolated some some Brettanomyces, which is how you make like a Brett beer, and I think I actually isolated some uh, brewers yeast. and it smells kind of Belgiany, and and so I seem to always fall back there in my training in, in brewing is you know in the microbiology side. So I always have I, in the back, you don't see it when you come in, but I have a little a little incubator and I have a little microscope and I have plates in the fridge and I streak out all my plates. And there's a, a few other breweries that do this, and I do all my own analysis for for uh, you know infections or or you know, when other yeasts come into the, into the tanks.
0: Well, and I was going to say, I'm guessing that's also where your, your, your kind of tagline for the brewery came where beer or beer and science meat, correct?
1: Yeah. So that, that was, uh, my investors were like, we should take, they wanted to have like a, a cartoon of me be like our kind of our, our logo. And I was like, ah, I don't like that. It's too cheesy. Well, you, um, you
0: mean you didn't want your, but... your your face out there everywhere? <laughs>
1: Oh, like the like the guy who's on with on the with the end thing actually that was my uh, that was my server uh, Peyton now he came into the room and he's like What's end that? that should be should be some kind of crazy professor and he kind of made it somewhat in, in my image but it's also from <laughs> a, a cartoon or something he saw but uh, yeah we always talk about that but that ultimately that was where where the idea came from is like well science doesn't need to be scary it's not scary it, it shouldn't be scary as long as you project it in a, in, a, in a way that's understandable to the layman, like, yeah, water chemistry is complicated. But what they really need to know is, okay, so like you like things acidic and, and they make things kind of shine. And so if you have certain beers, you want to make it a little more acidic because it's, it's like it shines, right? It brings out certain flavors, right? Other things you might want to do, you have a, an English beer, you want that to be less Less acidic, and you and you want to you want the malt to come out. So you want all those caramels and stuff so you can taste that. And and so it doesn't have to be so complicated. It, it can be simpler. And the idea is that people come, they bring their families. Maybe you learn a little bit about beer. Maybe you don't. But hopefully you sit, you enjoy a good conversation. Oh, sorry, that's the phone. And uh, and and while you're here, you. May, you, you enjoy your family or you enjoy your friends or you meet somebody new. Uh, and and maybe, maybe you learn something about beer at the same time. And I've had that happen a lot of times where I'll be, I'll be serving the beer and people will come into the brewery and not only do they meet somebody, but then we end up having this massive conversation about different breweries they've been to or different places and, and how those places affect what that brewer makes. Uh, and I just hope people get to learn a little.
0: I was going to say, I'm guessing that's part of the the teacher in you, the professor in you. That has to be, you know, very nice when you can just kind of talk a little bit about beer, how it came to be about, and just kind of, you know, just have a great conversation with people.
1: Yeah, I love that. And I'm having the time of my life right now because I have a, a great intern uh, who came to me. And I actually used to teach him at EKU. And uh, he now goes to Middle Tennessee University. Uh, I was in the fermentation program there, and I've been working with him for a whole month now, and it's so fun. Every day I learn something from him, and, and he learns something from me, and uh, it, it reminds me of why I actually took up teaching to begin with.
0: And, you know, so we can learn something. How did you come up with the name Fusion, and kind of what does it uh, mean to you?
1: <laughs> well, that's so funny because I originally wanted to call the brewery Integration. And my board of, of friends and family said, integration, that's just way too sciency, way too nerdy. It's, 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 it's not something that people are going to come to terms with very easily. You might push them away. So we were sitting at the table, and uh, one of the investors said, hey, how about Fusion? And I was like, no, 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 we can't call it Fusion. And, and then I finally thought about it for a while, and I was like, actually, I kind of like that. I kind of like it a lot, and it and it to me it at first occurred with, well with, with bringing, this is the first format of it how I thought about it was like it's like bringing places I've been, bringing ideas, experiences, to people here in Kentucky, especially those that have maybe haven't been to those places. So, the fowl is meant to taste like a half bison, the first half of bison I ever had at a little pub in the bottom of a hotel that I was in when it snowed two feet of snow and I was stuck in the hotel. Right. And, and I love that beer. And so that is meant to bring out those flavors. And that I know I'm the one who experiences it, but I want to communicate to people like, this is what I see. You know, you may have your own vision of the style, but every single flavor you taste, every single thing you do, it, it ha- it's associated with a memory. And that's really what you're going for. When people walk into a bar, and they, have, and they have an IPA. It's not always just that they want and taste they want that taste, and they love that taste. It could be as much as the first beer they ever had was an IPA at this place where they were with their friends and they had a blast. Um, and, and, and kind of like that's what the idea of fusion to me is. It's, just, it's fusing all these things together, and then you bring different people with different ideas and different experiences together, and you're exposed to more. And that's how you learn.
0: We're talking with Chris Palmy, co-owner and head brewer of Fusion Brewing in Lexington down on Manchester Street, the distillery district, the Old Pepper campus. And Chris, before I let you go, I got to always ask, what's next? You know, Fusion, it's still a young brewery. Um, What's next for you guys?
1: Well, right now we're just, we're trying to keep our heads above water, you know, and we're doing the, we're doing a good job. Um. we have long-term plans. Uh, We would love to get into some canning. Um, And maybe, you know, five, six years on the road, we would love to do some type of expansion. Um, But right now, for the immediate future, uh, I just wanna, I have the opportunity right now to kind of make some new beers and and, and not necessarily take Fusion in a different way, but show people more of, of what fusion can do not just me but what we can do as as a group we're a pretty tight group i only have like four employees um and i most of my investors are my family and we feel like we have so much more to offer and uh we just want to grow with the manchester street and there's so much happening here that we just want to be part of it um i personally want to be uh, i want to increase my role in the, in the guild uh, throughout Kentucky and increase the breweries that I collaborate with and am friends with, because I learn a lot when I do that.
0: I was going to say, I think that's probably to me, one of the neatest things about the craft brewing community. And you touched on this earlier too, you know, where you were talk, you know, talking to the guys at Ethereal, you can go and talk, you know, learn things from Mirror Twin and Derek there and just everything. What is that craft beer community like? Cause I think it's for people that don't understand, it's like, nothing else where people are friends and they will truly help each other out
1: yeah the longer i'm here the more it's like there's nine breweries in the greater Lexington area there's going to be more um it looks like but i'm pretty much the youngest it's, except for Wisebird. so we're like at the same time we came in um and it's a it's really like a small little family and you can reach out to louisville um and, and and they're just like an extended family. And I've never been in an industry where it's like that. I mean, I used to be in big academics, and it was cutthroat. You know, like to get a grant, they, people would cut you down and stuff. I've never been in an industry where it's like, oh, I really have this problem. And they're like, well, come on over. I'll show you how I get around that problem. You, n- you never have to worry about it.
0: Uh, I was going to say, I mean, to me, that's you know, ref- refreshing. And also, not only do they help you out send people to your brewery you know you guys will say hey you got to check out ethereal or or go to blue stallion if you like this i mean i just love that
1: yeah yeah i love it when people come in with their little books and they want stamps for the for the brew grass trail and i'm like well you can hit three right here you can go to me go next door to the cider place and just walk down the way and grab yourself some food and go to ethereal and you can get all three of those and if you go up around the corner you can hit two more or three more you know because country boys half mile down the road, uh Blue Stallion is one point two miles, and I think West Six is one point four miles. So
0: well you have a a great story, Chris, and, and I'm I'm hopeful that everything now that, you know, the streets open, hopefully with the uh pandemic, I'm sure that was not in your your business plan dealing <laughs> with the pan- pandemic.
1: No. It wasn't. In fact I had shell shock for a few days.
0: Uh, but but I, I will say this you you have a great place there uh, on manchester street in the, the distillery district you have great beer i've loved everyone that I, i've tried so far and hopefully things will get back to normal soon or, or at least more normal and everyone will get to, to just stop by and try it
1: yeah well thank you very much for having me on it's been a pleasure have a great time
0: Yeah, Chris, thank you so much for for taking the time. And if you guys want to check out Fusion Brewing, check them out there on Manchester Street, the distillery district. Uh, You guys are doing curbside still, but you're also now open four days a week?
1: Yeah, we're open four days a week, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Uh, Four to eight on Thursday. Uh, Four to ten on Friday, two to ten on Saturday and uh, 2 to 8 o'clock on Sunday. And the, those, oh, we're actually open to 11 o'clock now on Friday and, and uh, Saturday. And uh, on Wednesdays, we're open, but we're closed. So we're actually closed. But if you join the Lesson 10 uh, Cornhole League, uh, you can come here every Wednesday and play cornhole on our huge stadio. Um, and it's a blast. Uh, I worked it last night. And so people are just so happy to be out. It's wonderful.
0: Well, Chris, it was wonderful talking to you, and I really appreciate you taking the time.
1: Thank you for having me on.
0: Thank you again to Chris Palmey, the co-owner, head brewer of Fusion Brewing in Lexington. You can find them on Manchester Street, the distillery district, the Old Pepper Campus, uh, down where there's a lot of cool shops, a lot of other breweries. It's a great place to go. You can also find them online at fusion-brewing.com dot com and on social media remember you can catch this episode and past episodes of the hops and spirits podcast at gspodcast.com also where the podcast is available such as spotify apple google iheart tune and so many more and remember to check me out on twitter and instagram at jm green gs that's a at jm green with an e gs until next time cheers everybody